we'll start our study here uh, in this chapter. We'll be looking at verses one through nine, speaking on the subject, seeking security, seeking security. The main thought here, uh, uh, what we'll see here is this is a return uh, to Boaz, uh, Naomi, uh, sends Ruth to Boaz, and she has a plan for Ruth. And the two main thoughts uh, will be, we'll see Naomi's plan, verses 1 through 4, and we'll see Ruth's action, 5 through 9, verses 5 through 9. So look with me at God's word. This is God's word. Uh, look with me and follow along as I read. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry. He went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. This is God's word. What a journey we've been on in the book of Ruth. Uh, we've traveled uh, out to Moab and we've seen God at work. And this is the, the primary theme of the book of Ruth, God at work in the ordinary lives of his people. And we've seen this. In chapter one, we were introduced to a desperate situation, a situation that started with famine and death. We end chapter one with Naomi and Ruth in Jerusalem at the beginning of the barley harvest. God provided. God is at work. In chapter two, we saw that God provided for Ruth and Naomi through the field of Boaz. And by the end of the chapter, God has raised Naomi up from despair to renewed hope with the news that, that Ruth has gleaned in a field, but not just any field. She was blessed, but not just blessed. She was abundantly blessed. She, was, she gleaned in the, in the field of one who is a close relative, she said, a redeemer. Today, we'll see God at work, at work behind the scenes to accomplish his plan. He's at work in the life of Naomi and Ruth to ultimately bring about one who would be born, whose, whose lineage would ultimately lead to the birth of the Savior. God is at work. This book encourages us, no matter how dark, this book start out dark, Desperate, no matter how dark or desperate your life may be, God is at work behind the scenes. We'll see that. He, he's at work. He, he works. He works 
uh, in our lives and he works through our lives. This, this is what we'll see today. He will work through human initiative. Human initiative. God will use Naomi as an instrument in carrying out his purpose and plan for Ruth and Boaz. It, it, I think about even as, as we've studied, there's been a prayer that, that Ruth has prayed. Uh, Naomi has prayed for Ruth, and now Naomi is, is going to become the instrument that God used to bring about that prayer. Boaz praised and, and thanked God that uh, Ruth had come and been so gracious to Naomi and that she had come under the shadow of the wings of Yahweh. And he's go now is going to become, we'll see in chapter four, he's going to be the instrument by which God becomes her protection, he by which God brings her under his wings to protect and provide for her. God is at work. He is at work behind the scenes. He is at work using his people to bring about his purposes and, and, and plans. And so our, our thought here is that you must be willing to be used by God. We pray all the time. We pray, we pray all kind of prayers, but are you willing to be an answer to your prayer? Think about that. Are you willing to be you? We talk about the Great Commission. We talk about uh, the church and, and life in the church. We pray for the church. But are you willing to be used by God as an instrument to bring about his will for the church, for his people, and for the world. It's, it's, it's one thing to pray about it. It's another thing to be about it. We used to say that in the military. Oh, let, be about it. Don't, don't talk about it. Be about it. And that's what the, we are encouraged to do is to, that, to, to see that God will use us. Matthew 7 says this, asking it will be given to you, seeking you will find, knocking it will be opened. And this is in the context of God's will be, being done, in which Jesus talked about as far as prayer. And, and as we ask, seek, and knock, in that we are to be available. Available. And perhaps God will be done through us. So let's look at let's look at this section of scripture, verses one through nine of Ruth chapter three. We'll see here again. This is a return to Boaz. Remember, uh, Ruth has gleaned in the field. She's been blessed. She's come back to Naomi. She's blessed Naomi uh, not only with the the barley that she has gleaned, but also with a meal that that was served by the hands of Boaz. And now here it is, Ruth, uh, Naomi comes up with a plan uh, for Ruth. Look at verse number one. It says here, uh, then, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well for you? God works through human initiative. In his providence, Naomi now will become the means by which he will provide a sense of well-being for Ruth. Look, look at, look at the, the, the text and notice the word rest. This word rest, or in the NASB, it, it uh, translated as security. Naomi is seeking rest or security for Ruth. This same word is used in Genesis chapter 8 verse 9 where the dove that was sent out uh, by Noah to find land, the dove didn't find any place. It, it said in, in Genesis chapter 8 verse 9, the dove found 
no resting place for the sole of her feet. This, this is the same word resting place. She found no place to land and to rest her feet. This is the same word that is used here for rest, for security. In First Chronicles chapter 6, verse 31, it is said there that the, uh, uh, the ark rested upon the mountains of uh, Arad. The, the ark uh, was taken and placed and it was no longer being carried around or moved around. It rested and it was not moved uh, from here to there. This is the, the same word that is used in our verse. And according to one Old Testament commentary, it said that the word rest signifies the condition of a peaceful life, a, a peaceful and well-secured life, uh, end quote. And so the idea of this rest here is a condition or even a place of rest and security. And, and guess what this rest or this security that Naomi is seeking for Ruth, a home and marriage, a place, a place of, of rest, a sense of well-being. Turn back to chapter one. This same word is used back in chapter one, verses, verse number eight. Verse number, uh, as you were, verse number nine, but I'll start reading at verse number eight. Ruth chapter one, verses eight and nine. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest. What is the rest in the context? Notice what she goes on and says, the Lord, that the Lord, Grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. This rest that's, that uh, Naomi desires for Ruth is marriage, a home, a place among God's people, uh, a, 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 a place of rest. And this gives us men instructions even today. A place of rest is your home. A place of rest for your wife. Do she feel secure? Do she feel safe? Does she have a sense of well-being by the home that you, uh, uh, and not just home, but by the the marriage, by your marriage? Does she feel secure? Does she have a sense of well-being? This is what Naomi desired and was seeking after for Ruth. Naomi is seeking a, a long-term uh, long solution to, for, for Ruth. Remember, Ruth uh, had gone and she worked in, in Boaz's field and he's provided for her. But the barley harvest is about to be over with. What is Ruth now going to do? Naomi is seeking a long-term uh, solution. And, and, and this, is, this is something that is familiar, particularly to the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament times, marriages was arranged by the parents. And, 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 and so it's fitting that Naomi should take steps to, to find a home and, and security for Ruth. Paul even mentioned something similar like this to, to 1 Timothy in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 5, verse 14, and, and, and there he wanted the younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. And Paul desired those who was young and were widows uh, to get married, to, 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 to bear children, to keep a, keep a home, so that the enemy would not give occasion for them to fall. And, and even though, uh, even though uh, Ruth is, I mean, Naomi is taking this, this initiative, 
believe that God is still at work behind the scenes. God knows Ruth's situation. Ruth is Ruth is in a situation that if Naomi died, what would happen to Ruth? Who would care for Ruth? Who remember she left her family? She she remember that she left her family and her people, and she committed herself to Naomi back in chapter one, verses sixteen and seventeen. Remember that her husband has died; she has no children. She's poor. She's an outsider to the people of Israel. And, and Naomi is aware of this. And Naomi now seeks to do something about it. Notice what Naomi goes on and says. She says, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well for you? This is interesting here because not only does Naomi seek uh, for her to be married. She seeks something greater than marriage. And we see this in the word well, uh, that it may be well with you, that it may be good, that it may be pleasing uh, with you. How would she find that which would be well for Ruth. Now let's look at other places this word well is used and we'll get an idea. Come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40. And this gives us parents who are praying for our children and their marriage uh, and and for their future, if uh, their future, if there's marriage in, in their future, this is this is to be what we are to desire. The overall desire uh, for our children should be uh, what we're getting ready to see here in Deuteronomy chapter four. And it's repeated over and over again in Deuteronomy at least eight times. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 40. And listen to the word of God. It says here, therefore, you shall keep his statutes and command commandments, which I command you today. It's talking about obedience to what God has commanded. And what will be the result of being obedient to God, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength? What, what is the, the result of that? It says that it may go well. Same word that is used here in Ruth, that it may be well with you. It's the same. Naomi is using biblical language in regards to what she desires for Ruth, that it may be well with you and with your children after you. And that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time that here uh, it, it would be well with the people of God if they not only obey God, but they love him and they serve him and they would experience the goodness of the land. They would experience the goodness of God's blessings upon them as God's people. It will be well with them. This is what. Naomi desires for Ruth. It's the same phrase is used in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. For children. It's not just for, for, for the parents, for adults, for children. He, uh, Deuteronomy 5 and 16 says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, that it here it is again, that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Look at verse 29 of this same chapter. Oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and to keep all my commandments that it might go well with them and with their descendants. 
forever. Uh, chapter 6, verse 3. Hear, O Israel. Hear, therefore, O Israel. Be careful to do them. Do what? What God commanded, that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. And this goes on. In verse 18 of chapter 6, verse 12 of Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy 12 and 25 and in verse 28, Deuteronomy 22, verse 7, used eight times. It's used in Jeremiah as well. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23, Jeremiah 38. Uh, chapter 38, verse 20, Jeremiah chapter 40, verse 9, Jeremiah 42, verse 6. Naomi not only seeks marriage for Ruth, but also for her to have a place among God's covenantal people, learning God's word, obeying God's word, being established with a family in the land that is flowing with milk and honey. This is what Naomi that it may, she is saying a lot in saying that it may be well with you. And, and notice something here. Go turn back to Ruth chapter three. Notice something here. <laughs> that it may be well with you. Something has changed in Naomi's thinking. Naomi now is thinking of Ruth's well-being rather than her own with you. Previously, remember that Naomi was a broken, bitter woman, and, and, and she thought only of herself. We, we, we saw that back in, in chapter two. Remember she when they got to Jerusalem and the ladies came and she was like, don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter. <laughs> call me Mara. She was only thinking about herself, but now she's been confronted with Yahweh's hesed, his abundant love and his abundant goodness. And, and she's been confronted with it in every problem that she has encountered. Think about that. Every uh, in death, she has a uh, death of her son and sons and her husband, she has experienced God's hesed. God provided her a roof. She was in a, she left uh, 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 Jerusalem because her, her and her family left Jerusalem because of a famine. They come back at the beginning of the barley harvest. She's experienced God's abundant love and kindness. And, 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 and she sends out Ruth. The, Ruth go, goes out and, and, and goes and gleans in the field. And she goes to Boaz's field, who is a relative of Naomi. Naomi is comprehending God's goodness to her. And this has softened her heart. She's no longer a broken, bitter woman. She's now concerned about others in her life. And, and not only that, she thought that she couldn't be used by God. Remember when Arthur and Ruth came to her and, and they wanted to go with her? And she was like, I can't have no sons for you. Y'all remember that? I can't do anything for you. And now it's... Her perspective has changed. She sees herself as, uh, as being, this is an opportunity for her to be used. <laughs> she said, I, I can't have no sons for you. But now God has changed her heart. Now God has opened the door for her to be an instrument in Ruth's life. Among God's people, God has changed Naomi's perspective. 
she is seeking. This word seek, it conveys the idea of a earnest seeking after something with the full intention that the object that is sought is found and acquired. One commentator says, she is seeking, earnestly seeking Ruth's well-being. And this contrasts, again, her attitude back in chapter 1, verse 9. Remember she told Arthur and Ruth to go and find a home? You go and find your own place. Go, go find a, a husband. Go find a home. Now she's seeking. She, she's not being passive. Hey, you know, we, we, we can do that sometimes. We, you know, go, go, we'll pray for God's will, but you go find God's will. Now, she not only wants God's will to be done, she is, she sees herself as, a, as an instrument. She, she's not passive. Do you seek God's goodness for others? Or do you passively lead? Leave it to them to find God's will on their own. I'll pray for you. And then that's all, that, that's all you're left with. Naomi, she is earnestly seeking God's, uh, seeking for Ruth's well-being under the shadow of God's wings. And so what is her solution? We see it in verse 2. She says, it's not Boaz, our, look, look at her language, our relatives. Naomi embraces Ruth as, as family. Now she, is, she sees her as her family. And she says, she goes on and says, with whose young women you were. She recognizes this is, this is an older woman uh, helping a younger woman discern what God is doing. She says, with whose young women you were. He, what she's saying, he made sure that you were protected. Naomi understood that, that, that they had experienced the, 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 the goodness of God, the first fruits of the goodness of God through Boaz. And, and, and she, she's helping uh, Ruth see this. Uh, Ruth see what, what, what is happening uh, behind the scenes. And then she, 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 te- she instructs her, she tells her, she, she says, see, he is winnowing. Barley tonight at the threshing floor. Naomi informs Ruth that Boaz would be at the, the, the threshing floor. He, he's going to be working. He's going to be protecting. Uh, this, this suggests that we're at the end of the barley harvest. If there's threshing going on uh, and winnowing going on, there, this is, this is, we're at the end of the barley harvest. And one author noted that, quote, threshing and winnowing was, were times of, of festivity and rejoicing because these activities marked the climax of the harvest season, end quote. And, and this would mean that it's been about four or eight weeks after Ruth uh, and Boaz first met. So some time has passed, in, in other words. And Boaz has not approached Ruth. Think about that. Some time has passed. We're at the end of the barley harvest and Boaz has not approached Ruth for marriage. But we'll see why in verse 10 and verse 12. We'll talk about that, Lord willing, next week. But he hadn't approached her and we'll see why. But Naomi has a plan. And so she initiates the process. Look at verse number three. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. I'm going to read verse four, too. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. The reader would say, "Uh oh. Uh-oh, this is what the writer wants you to think. When you get to this point, if you didn't know the story, you'd be like, uh-oh, that's some bad advice, ain't it? Uh-oh, uh, this seems risky. Uh, she says, 
Nothing wrong with what she says here, starting in verse 3. Watch therefore and anoint yourself and put on your cloak. In a sense, she's telling Ruth to take a bath, put on some oil, and put on some, change your clothes. And, and, and what she is, is desiring of Ruth is that she gives a joyful appearance. These, these, these actions, of, of the, particularly this action of putting on oil, some, it can refer to simply putting oil on the face. Uh, and it also can refer to putting on oil that is scented, perfume. It can refer to that. And this is the, the uh, putting oil on was used uh, by it, David did it in Second Samuel uh, chapter 20, where uh, after the, the death of his son and after he accepted God's discipline, it said that he went and put oil on to show that he accepted what God had done in his life uh, in regards to uh, his sin, that God had disciplined him for his sin. And so he 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 no longer mourns. He he matter of fact, turn over there. Turn, turn, uh, turn. there's two passages I want you to read it. We're gonna look at it. Second Samuel chapter 20, uh, chapter 12, verse 20. We'll see this idea. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 20. It said, Then David arose. From the uh, matter of fact, let me read verse 19. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead and uh, that he had by Uriah's wife. Remember that situation, uh, that adulterous situation. And David said to his servants, is the child dead? They said he is dead. Verse 20. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. He then went to his house, and when he asked, they set food before him and ate. And so what does this, this washing and anointing and changing clothes signify that he is no longer mourning? Look at uh, chapter 14, chapter 14, verse 2. Uh, it says here, and Joab sent to uh, Tekoka, uh, Tekoa and brought from there, there uh, and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, "Pretend to be a mourner, and put on mourning garments. Do not anoint yourself with oil, and behave like a woman who has been in mourning many days for the dead." So what Ruth is telling Naomi, uh, uh, Naomi is telling Ruth is to not look like you're mourning. Change your clothes, wash yourself, put some oil on when, so that when you go down to, to the threshing floor, you won't look like you're mourning your husband. You'll look like you're available, <laughs> right? You'll look like you're available. This same word is used in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter uh, nine, uh, verse eight as well. But she was to, to, to wash herself, to, to, to make sure that she didn't give a sense or give the appearance of one who was still in mourning. And look at the, the rest of verse three. It says, and go down to the threshing floor and do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating. She's. Uh, Naomi is teaching Ruth what to do in, in her approach to Boaz. She is teaching her to be considerate and respectful to Boaz. Older woman teaching a younger woman. Don't go down there. You just you, be considerate. Wait till he's finished eating and drinking. Look at verse number four. But when he lies down, this is at night when they... Uh, at the end of the barley season, when they uh, thrust and uh, thrashed and, and, and winnowed the, the barley, they did it at night. They did it in the evening because it was in the evening when the wind picked up. Uh, every evening, the wind would pick up and they would grind. They would take it and have oxes walk over it 
it was a whole process. They take it, throw it up in the air, and the wind would take the check the chafe, and and they did this in the evening uh, and, and into the night. So right now, it, it, it's at night. But when he lies down, lie down to sleep. Observe the place where he lies, and go then go and uncover his feet and lie down. This seems risky. This seems like a a compromising situation in our eyes. Let me just say it for us today. We look at this and be like, oh, something about to go on here that's inappropriate. But not so. And we'll see. So uh, uh, she says, she, uh, Naomi shows that she got confidence in Boaz's judgment. She says that he will tell you what to do. Boaz has shown himself to be a godly man, a caring man, a trustworthy man. And in a day when people did what was right in their own eyes, uh, uh, but Boaz was a godly man. And she said, Naomi, is she has confidence. As Ruth's mother-in-law, she has confidence in this man, Boaz. She knows that Boaz would not take advantage of Ruth. She knows that Boaz would not embarrass Ruth. And she says simply, he will tell you what to do. But notice Ruth's action, verse number five. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. This shows Ruth loyalty to her mother-in-law as she submits to her authority. She trusted Naomi's advice without hesitation. Look at verse number six. I had, now we're going we're gonna to move a little bit quickly. Uh, not because I'm finishing up, but because I wanted to build a case for where we are going now. Look at verse number six. It says, so she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. Verse seven. And when Boaz had eaten and, and drunk, his heart was married. Uh-oh, this is another point. He's drunk? Uh, what? This could what? She just Naomi told Ruth to go and lie at his feet, and and it, 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 is is Boaz drunk? I, I mean, you know, when somebody's drunk, they don't have no discernment. Uh, you know, this is what the writer is building up the intensity for us to be like to be interested, to be engaged. He wants us to be engaged. No, Boaz is not drunk. This this word Mary uh, here is uh, was Mary is is the same word that is used in verse number one. Well, that it may be well with you. It's the same word that is translated well in verse one is translated was Mary here. It's a sense of he's glad that that it's a sense of contentment. It's a sense of being fulfilled. It's a sense of well-being. He Boaz has eaten drunk and and he has and he has done a hard day's work and 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 he is satisfied he's satisfied with the work that he has done and the wine has relaxed him and this is uh, the psalmist talks about this in psalm 104 verse 15 and the wine that god is talking about the blessings that god give and wine to gladden the heart of man all to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. Wine to gladden the heart, to, to, to celebrate uh, what God has given. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24 says this There is nothing better for a person that, uh, than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of the Lord. The writer Solomon is saying that under the sun, that it's good for a man to, to, to eat and drink and, and, and enjoy, basically saying enjoy life and enjoy your work. And that's what Boaz is doing here. He has eaten he has drunk and he is married. He is a man 
who is enjoying the life that God has provided for him and the blessings that God has provided for him. What a man, young ladies. A man who is not only hardworking, a man who is not only considerate, a man who is not only respectful, but a man who who sees God as one who is blessing him. He's aware of it and he's rejoicing and worshiping God for what he is doing in his life. A rare man. But what a man. What a man. And it says he went to lie down. Verse number seven continued. He went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And Boaz is lying next to the grain to guard it from thieves. And, and, and Ruth is, has been waiting. She's waiting in darkness, ensuring that she wasn't discovered. She's waiting. She's waiting until Boaz has fallen asleep. And now it says, then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. Both of them are laying down. We get ready to see the character of both revealed. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. Some would say there is some sexual stuff going on here. If that was the case, why would Boaz be startled? Why would he wake up and see a woman at his feet and be startled? Some was saying they were engaging in uh, the, the, the language that is. And it can. You can tra the, the, the translation of some of the words here uh, can be uh, translated in a, in a, in a with, it has sexual undertones uh, going on. But that's not what's going on here. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over and behold, he was surprised. A woman lay at his feet. Verse nine, he said, who are you? And she said, and she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. This reflects Ruth's humility. And, and, and Ruth, her humility, she replies with, with her. She's not, she don't see herself as Ruth the Moabite. She says, Ruth, your servant. And she goes on, she says, spread your wings over your servant. What a strange statement. This, what is she saying? This means what she's desiring is that Boaz would claim her for himself. This is a, this spread your wings over your servant is a sign of marriage. It's a sign of covenant. God uses this, this same language in uh, Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8, when it says, When I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and enter into a covenant with you, declares the Lord your God. And behold, and, and you became mine, in, uh, end quote. It's about marriage. That's, that's, this, is what we're, this is what is being talked about. This is what Ruth is, she's, she's proposing to Boaz. <laughs> and, and in a sense, what Ruth is doing, she is saying, remember that, remember Boaz, you pointed out, that I had come to Israel seeking refuge under, under the wings of God. Remember that back in Ruth chapter 2, verse 12? He, Boaz has said that uh, uh, she, he was commending Ruth for caring for her mother-in-law and, that, and that she had come and she had sought refuge under the wing. It says the Lord will repay. This is what he says in Ruth chapter, 12, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 12. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And now she's saying, well, I want to seek refuge under his wings, under Yahweh's wings, under your wings. <laughs> I, 
I'm just excited. I mean, maybe you're not. I mean, this this is this is this is awesome. <laughs> she she is she is desiring. She's proposing uh, to 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 Boaz, and she desires uh, not just marriage for the sake of marriage. She desires marriage because she knows that in marriage that she will be under God's protection, that God will provide for her through that marriage. And most importantly, she will learn God's law through marriage. And it goes on, she says, for you are a redeemer. She appeals to Boaz based on the Mosaic law her right as a widow under the Mosaic law. She was looking for Boaz to redeem her. She, she knows Boaz's character. She knows that he's been very kind and generous to her. He's been an honorable man. He's protected her. Uh, he's, and not only that, he has high regard for Yahweh and his law. And so Ruth, Ruth is confident that this is the man, <laughs> that this is the man for her. And so she obeyed. And so I close. Ruth, she obeys Naomi. She, she, uh, she's going to obey Boaz. We'll see next week. And that teaches something about our lives. We're to obey God as well. Uh, we're, we're, we're to obey in his word and trust him to accomplish his will in whatever way he chooses. Ruth is trusting Boaz and whatever he he tells her to do, she's going to do. And we as God's people must trust God. And trust him to do what he desires to do in and through our lives. And he may use you to accomplish his will. That's a part of trusting him. Do we really trust God? Do we really trust him to be used by him to be made uncomfortable? To be, to be put in a place to where we will be challenged to do something that we're not comfortable doing, something that is risky, something that will challenge our faith. Are we willing to obey God and be made uncomfortable? And trusting that in spite of, of, of and, and know that, that God will accomplish his purpose in and through our lives. We are to trust God. We're, we're to be people who are people of integrity. Ruth and Boaz's character are highlighted, and we'll continue to see it next week. This, is a, this could have been a, 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 a tense sexual situation, but Ruth and Boaz conducted themselves honorably. Don't let somebody tell you from this passage that, that you know, it's all because it's not teaching us. It's not teaching. It's not teaching that. It's, te it's teaching that we should be men and women of integrity, that we should be honorable to God in every situation. We should be desiring to do his will in every situation. We must live holy lives and abstain from sinful passions of the flesh as Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners in exile to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against your soul. And, and, and last thing, not only are we to be obedient people, not only are we to be people of integrity, people of, of, of genuine character, but we, we, we uh, those who, who are married, I, I'll say, I ask you again, is your marriage a, a place of rest? Husbands, are, 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 are your homes a place of rest for your wives where they feel protected, where they feel cherished, where they feel provided for, where 
the wives are, are respecting the husband. Is your place, is your marriage a place of rest? And ultimately, we know that we find rest where? True rest in the Redeemer. You won't find rest in your marriage unless you find rest in the Redeemer. It is Jesus who says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if you're not a believer, Christ is calling you to himself. If you are a believer, Christ is urging you to rely upon the grace that he gives in order for you that it will enable you to live in a way that is pleasing to God. Amen. I know I gave you a lot. Pray to God, take it and plant it in your heart and give you something to think about. Uh, go back and read this section. Uh, and we could do a marriage class <laughs> on this, but that's that's not what uh, our intent is uh, in, in this series. So go back and read it. Ponder God's word. Amen. Father, we thank you. And we thank you that you have given us examples of people who were able to live godly lives in times in, in, in the times in which people were doing right in their own eyes, in which in times where where people were uh, were disobeying. And, and living sinful lives. There, there was a, a, a sense. There were, there were people who were being obedient, that were, that were seeking and desiring to, to, to follow your word uh, in, in those times. And Father, we seek to be like these people, people who desire to be obedient to your word, uh, desire to not only be obedient to, to you, but to serve our brothers and sisters in a way that glorifies you. So that in the end, you will be glorified in all our doing. Father, we pray that you would give us the same kind of spirit, the same kind of spirit of service, the same kind of spirit of, 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 of faithfulness, of being willing to be used by you uh, in the lives of, of the saints to, to bring about your purpose and will and give us discernment and give us the courage to do that. But we need your grace. We need your grace at every turn. We thank you in Christ's name I pray. Amen. <clears throat>